0: Okay, uh, the year is dedicated in memory of Chayasar Bashmol Omatar Rivka. We're adopted um, Bet at the top of the page. Uh, we are continuing in our Agadatas on the Megillah. says said the top Ketov Bayayin. It says, excuse me, On the seventh day, it says, "When the king's heart was good with wine, meaning he was uh, nice and inebriated." So Gemara says, "Atu Adhashta Lotav, libe What? Until now his heart wasn't good with wine, like he wasn't full of wine until, now. it's seven days, and that's a long time. So, Amar Rabba says, here's the significance of the, of the wording, Yom HaShvi'i Shabbat HaYah, so the seventh day was Shabbat, Yisrael Ochlin Veshotin. okay, that the Jews eat and drink, I guess I can honor of Shabbat, Madchilin Torah, Tishpachot, Okay, and when they eat and drink, what do Jews do on Shabbat when we eat and drink? So we start with the Divrei Torah, with words of praise of Hashem, right? Very proper conversations at the table. The idolaters, when they eat and drink, they start with issues of what's the flute? Like licentiousness, and it's the same thing that happened at this evil man at the at the suda of Achashverosh. Okay, here we go. What's that? Yeah, yes, no, something. Oh, like um, like uh, let's say improper conversations, maybe you know, of sexual nature, perhaps. Okay. So, these ones were saying this. So, what do the guys talk about? It's like locker room talk, right? So, uh, right? So they say, these ones say, oh, the women from Nadai are much prettier. And these ones say, the women from Persia are much prettier. So Achashverosh, being very inappropriate, talking about his very fast, he says, the vessel that I use, so to speak, a very inappropriate euphemism, uh, she is not Median nor Persian, she is Babylonian. Right, that's right, because we said that Vashti, right, according to the Midrash, was a uh, daughter of Nebuchadnezzar. So he says, do you guys want to see her?" "Amrlo." "In." They said, "Yes." So that's how, I think that's kind of unusual back and forth. Hey They said, "Yes, we would like to see her as long as she is naked." Okay. She be Adam ba and this is the lesson. The lesson is that the measure that a person measures with, he gets measured. This is what we often call mida, Again, midah. Right? A person gets judged according to the measure that they use. So how does that work? Melamed, this teaches us Shahita vashti harisha'a. You know this also. It's called Rashi Arisha, an evil person. benot She used to bring Jewish girls out umaf shitan arumot and strip them naked veosah and make them do uh, labor on Shabbat. Right? It's kind of like you can imagine like the list of all the abusers you could possibly do, like the worst humiliation for the Jewish woman. So that would be that, right? Um, physically humiliated and spiritually humiliated and that's what means the Pasuk says, after these issues, when the king's anger uh, abated, says he remembered Vashti and what she did and what was decreed upon her. What do you mean what she did and what was decreed? Kishem Shasta, Kaf the juxtaposition of what she did and what was decreed, is telling us that just, to what, just in accordance with what she did, that's what she had to suffer as a decree. Okay? So this is not blaming just Ahasuerus here, it's also blaming Vashti for some behavior that she, uh, that she engaged in beforehand, and also referring to her, uh, according to the Midrash, as a Rishah. Okay? So far, so good. Okay. The, the Torah then says, excuse me, the Megillah then says, that Vashti refused to appear. The Gemara is confused. Michde, let's see. But she was she was a woman who was, what? Promiscuous, right? Her whole behavior until we saw that yesterday also. Right? That's who we saw the very yesterday. They both intended for road She wanted to sort of, be near the men, and he wanted to be near the women, right? So they both have these inappropriate intentions. So the Gemara says, "My so why wouldn't she come? Like, this is exactly what she was asking for, right? She wanted to be able to, like, show herself off and all these inappropriate things. So this is, like, the perfect Gemara for when parents come. I'm Rabbi uh, Rabbi explains, parcha batzarat. so Rabbi says, yeah, it's true. According to her nature, or according to the way she conducted herself, normally she would have wanted to come out and appear, but as us says, she must have become a mitzorat, or we can say leprosy, or something like that. So that's really disgusting, so she's not, no longer proud of her body. Here's the famous line, it was taught in the bright, that Gavriel the, the, the uh, Malach came and made her a tail. Okay, so she didn't, that's why she was embarrassed to show up, because she no longer looked uh, pretty. Okay? Which, by the way, puts into context a little bit some of the, uh, the questions about like, these strange uh, agatatas about like, uh, Vashti. Like, why would you have such a weird agatata that uh, she had a tail? It's such a strange thing. So, here you see the Gemara is trying to work out if we're, if we're following the storyline that Vashti is sort of this woman who's very promiscuous and doesn't really have a sense of morals that we would approve of. So it, it, it is sort of this interesting question, then like the tail of the Megillah then doesn't really work. So that Agatha that says that she has a physical, let's say deformity, all of a sudden does sort <coughs> of answers that question. Yeah. Um, I have in brackets. Is that mean it's a different geirsa? So the yeah yes, because if, if you I have on the side oh, that's a different one. No. Um, yeah, presumably there's a gear that doesn't have it. I don't have a note that says. That there's a gear without it because we usually read bracketed ones, but it probably means that there were versions without that text, but probably the more um, correct version has it in there. Okay. Okay. Continuing in the story, by the king became uh, very angry. Um, stick, one second, I said, Oh, and his anger burned inside of him. Is what I should say also. Okay, that's the next part of the puzzle. So amai. Um, so why was he so upset? Why was he so upset? De the Lacas Bay Koolai High. Uh, what does that mean? La Casbe Koolai High. One second, I just wanna peek at something for a second if you give me a permission. Um, Oh, sorry. Yes, yeah, one long question. Right. Amai delakach beku Oh, Sorry, I, I misread it. It's not delakach. It's a hey. My, my, my text has it like a chet. Amai delakach beku lehi. Why does it burn inside him so much? Like, why was he so mad? So Amar Ravah, says, because shalchale, she sent to him, bar ohorai de Abba, the son of the stableman of my father. Meaning, uh, like, she's calling him names, right? Like, you come from nothing is what she's saying to him, essentially, right? You, Ahasuerus, we saw this earlier, right? The Ahasuerus didn't come from royalty. Her father is the royal one, and he marries in. And she's saying, your father, like, he basically ran the stables for my father. I see you, I see. Hold on one second. <laughs> my father used to, like, receive a thousand people. With wine, meaning that... What's the minag, right? If you, if you, let's say you have like a simcha, right? And if someone comes to your simcha. So you have a, a bottle of scotch. So what do you do with each person who comes into the simcha? You have a mechaim with them, right? <coughs> so he greeted a thousand people at his parties. And she's was talking about her father, Nebuchadnezzar. The low Ravi, he didn't get drunk. So he'd been having like tons and tons of wine because he's with all these, drinking with all these different people. He never had the wine affect them. V'ahu gavran, that man, meaning you, ishtate v'cham Ramiyad. Uh, you became like full of wine, like you're just uh, totally drunk. I only think you're like a nothing. You're worthless. Okay, and that's always uh, a great way to get people angry. So, miyad So immediately the anger burned inside him. Yeah, Isaac. Is um, him being a, like, horse stable person. You think, it's not like metaphorical. Like it's all the person, it's like, I think what it's implying is that the father actually did not work with me. That's he really was like a person who was like around the court but not really part of it. Now look. Ultimately, she decided to marry him, right? So, like, it's a knock on herself, too. But if you're angry, so that's the kind of thing you say, right? Like, you always bring back the little things. That's, like, the number one rule in the arguments, right? Don't bring in other issues that aren't relevant because it's really not relevant, but that's what she's doing. Yeah? Does Gumar present this as fact or more of, like, a symbolic, like, circumstance that could have happened to teach a lesson? I think that the Gumar, it's more the latter, um, I don't know if the Gemara has like a Masora that Vashti is necessarily from Nebuchadnezzar. Certainly, it sort of creates a scenario that helps us understand the parameters better. And you understand Ahashverosh's behavior when, if you assume that he didn't actually come from royalty, then you can understand how his behavior maybe makes a little bit more sense. He's acting out of a sense of maybe a lack of self-esteem, a sense that he doesn't really deserve this position, and responding very. You know, um, h- harshly to that, especially when Vashti, who sort of represents the person who challenges his authority, because she is the actual heir to the throne, so to speak, but she's a woman, so she can't be the queen because she has to have a husband, right? So that's sort of like this, how it's setting it up. Is this sort of like a a nice riff on the, on the reality of the story? Maybe probably, but we don't know. That's you know, I think you're right. Like the point is the lesson is more important than the historical accuracy but you know like if you wanted to write let's say like a movie based on the Megillah this would be a cool story that like, right, like you know, if you did the story right so you said like oh we'll make Ahasuerus the, the son of the stableman that will create some real tension between Vashti and Ahasuerus I think on some level Chazal are doing that to help us understand what's actually happening you know um, right, it doesn't have to be literally that because you should said other things that maybe hurt hard this feeling. so okay um, the Gemara now continues as follows. So the king then said to the wise men, right, that he is uh, trying to get advice what to do with Vashti. Man Chachamim. So who are the Chachamim? So interestingly, the Gemara says, Rabbanan. It's their sages, it's the Jewish rabbis. Because it says, Yod'e That's the next, uh, the next phrase in the Pasuk. They're the ones who know the times. So what does that mean? They know how to make leap years and establish the months. Okay, that's what our Chazal do. That's what our Chachamim do, right? They have to establish the calendar. Anyway, you know, so Lahus so he said to them, M'achashver said to the Chachamim, Dainua, judge her. So now they're, they have a dilemma, right? What do you do? And the king says to him, Judge my wife. So Amr, they said, Heichinaven, like what are we supposed to do? Neymalei katla, if we tell him to kill her, lemachar pasig lechamra by laminan. Tomorrow his wine will be com- finished, and he'll, like, he'll get over his drunkenness, and he'll ask for her. So we can't say kill her. So Neima lane Shafka, but maybe we should say to him to leave her alone, Kamizal z'la but she's denigrating his uh, his kingdom. So how can she, his authority, so how can we say to do nothing? So Amr they said to him, you know what? Miyom shecharav beit ha'migdash begalinu me'artzenu, from the time that we, you know, our beit were destroyed and we were exiled from our land, nitla itza menu. All of our good advice was removed from us. We don't really have any of our superpowers anymore because we now have a beta dash. So... Um and we don't know how to judge capital cases, which, by the way, is a halakhic point, too, that we're, not, we're no longer allowed to judge capital cases, so we're sort of mixing that into the story here. But right, and this is also playing off what we saw uh, yesterday and the day before, about the whole calculations making about B'nai Israel, and like all his motivation has to do with the Jews and the Galut, and other, right? so this plays into the same storyline. So what you should do is, maybe you should go to Ammon and Moab, they've stayed in their places, like wine that sits on its sediment, meaning it's been settled, like wine that's been aging for a long time, they've been settled, they have their wits about them, they're not confused in some type of galut, in some type of exile or diaspora, right? So, uh, so, everything, so good to them, they'll have, better, uh, they'll have a better um, idea of what to do. And they have a good reason to say that. Moab has been, like, Shaanan, like relaxed, you know, or like uh, at ease from its youth. And it is quiet on his shimarav. It's shmarim, meaning like its sediment, like the sediment of the wine. Filohu has never it hasn't been like emptied from one vessel to another vessel and it hasn't gone into exile alkanamata and therefore its taste has remained and its uh, odor its good aroma has not uh, has not um, changed okay so that's a pasuk in your a long pasuk about amonamov so that's maybe in, in, in reference to the day of wine as well so well, that's what they say, So Miyad, so immediately what we see in the Psukim is lav Karshana and it goes on to say Maris Marsana We have these seven sort of advisors. Okay, so that's what he goes to, these seven advisors. Am Rabi Korbanot says this whole Pasuk is actually a reference to Korbanot. How so? Ne'emar Karshana. It says Karshana. He's the first of the advisors. God, the, the angel said before Hashem, we bono a master universe. karim yisrael Have these people offered before you karim? Karim means like lambs, who are one year old the way the Jews offer them before you. So that's karshana, like karim, and shana. Karim Shana, Kar Shana, I get it? Okay, Shetar, that's the next one, Shetar. Klum he Lepanacha Shtei Torin. Did they offer before you two oxen? Or two bulls, I should say, actually. Um, uh, if anybody's curious out there, I have a shot in bulls versus oxen, but okay, I'll tell you later. Shtei Torin, okay, that's Shetar. Admata, When Admata is the next one. Klum Banu Lepanacha Mizbach Have they built before you a, a, a an altar of earth? Right, that's the halacha. The mizbeach has to be from Adama. Right? the outside of the mizbeach is uh, maybe gold or, or copper, but uh, the inside has to be filled with earth. If anybody been to the Temple Institute, they have a really good demonstration of that. Tarshish, uh, that's the next one. Klum Shimshu lefanecha tarshish v'yashvei. So tarshish, have they served before you in the in the clothing and the uh, of the kohen, as it's written that the kohen wears on his breastplate tarshish, shoham, and Yashveh. Those are all. Um, those are all uh, fancy uh, stones. Uh, it says here that Tarshish is beryl. I don't know what beryl is. Onyx and jasper. Beryl, onyx, and jasper. I don't know what any of those are. Onyx, I think I know what it looks like. Okay. It's okay, I plead ignorance. Meres. Uh, Meres is the next one. Klum mirsu bedam Have they mixed the blood in front of you? Marsena. Klum mirsu bimenachot lefenecha. Have they mixed the minachot, the meal offerings before you? And finally, mimuchan. Klum hechinu mimuchan like Mimuchan, like prepare. Have they prepared the table before you? Okay, so there's sort of a like reference to this idea that the, all the advisors of Ahasuerus, I mean, this is where everything's starting to go down, right? Things are all starting to move along in the story. And at this point, the Gemara is telling us that the, the seven names of the, uh, of the advisors of Ahasuerus, it's a reference to sort of Malachi Ashari trying to get Hashem to ease up on the Jewish people. we so have sort of seen this idea of like building of sort of like trouble for the Jews. Maybe we can get the Jews out of trouble by referencing their... Um, or you know, by referencing the, the Abu Dhabi used to do in the Beit HaMikdash, which of course is now destroyed. So so it says that Memuchan is the one who spoke up first. So it taught us that Mimuchan is actually, thank you, is Haman. Why is it called Mimuchan? Like prepared? Because he's prepared for punishment or destruction for the Jews. I mean, that's what he's there for. Okay? And Amar Ravkana, Ravkana says, From here we learn that the hediot, which if you want to say, uh, let's say the common man, okay, you could say idiot if you want, but we'll say the common man jumps to the head, meaning, uh, you know, let's say, for example, if you have, uh, he seems to be the, the, the least... Uh, like of the seven uh, dignitaries so that, that put before Ahasuerus, the seven people giving him advice, he is the lowest on the... right. He's the lowest one, right? That's what he's mentioned last. But he's the first one to speak. So how does that work? So sometimes, like, for example, what he's saying is, the common man doesn't realize his place. So he qu- he's quick to jump and speak up, right? Sometimes you're like in a she'er. Sh- sometimes, right? And the people who know more, when the person says something, they're like, oh, like, I don't know, I have to think about how that works. The person who jumps out and like, asks the first question, sometimes that first question will be, I don't want to say dumb... But a question that's not based on so much knowledge, because because you haven't had have to filter through all this other information you have, you just have a quick reaction that is then sort of demonstrates like, oh, you know, maybe you shouldn't have said that so fast. That's, that's what we're saying, right? Exactly. So that's, that's very good. So uh, you, you doubled me back. So, uh, so that's what we're saying about Haman. So you see the Gemara little dig at Haman. The Haman is not so clever. He's a bad dude, but he's not so clever. Um, but he's who he jumps here. Okay, so now we go on to continue in the Megillah. So what was the, uh, remember they sent this message, that each man should rule in his house. That was the idea. That was the message they sent to all over the kingdom. So Amar Rava, Rava, says a really interesting thing here. He says, If not for these first letters that went out, there wouldn't be anything left from, again, the haters of Israel, which we know is Ephemism for." Yisrael themselves, any remnant whatsoever. Meaning, the only reason the Jews are still around, meaning in this story, is because this initial message went out about vashti. How so? Amru they said, my high deshadr line. What is this that he's sending us? Liot kol iso everybody told that each man should rule over his house. Pshita. It's obvious. Afilu. <laughs> I know, I no, no. We're getting in big trouble here, right? Afilu pardash Even the lowly weaver in his house is a commander in the house. I mean, obviously, like you know, this is like you know, like it's overdone, right? Every man thinks, Of course, I'm the leader. You have to tell me that I'm the leader. So they didn't take Yachashev, they didn't take Achashver seriously at this point. <laughs> right exactly right, so okay, so that 's the idea that they don 't take them seriously, and therefore when they, so this is all in, in, in advance of the other the other things, so then when other stuff comes out the the implication is that maybe it wasn 't taken so seriously now, if you think about that just critically for a second um I wasn't aware that, like, people weren't listening to the, to the instructions of the king and things like that. But I guess the idea is that maybe, like, they would have jumped the gun, perhaps, or maybe they would have been really into the idea of maybe killing all the Jews and wouldn't have waited all this time. Maybe there was a little more skepticism among the people because of this initial thing. Okay, it's also another us that uh, Hashem sort of guides the story, that every, you know, the things that happen are impact the rest of the story later on. Okay, then it says So the king should send uh like officers to go gather all these women, right? This is for uh to gather uh, the women so Achash ve'Rosh. Sir, I'm a Rabbi. Rabbi Danasi said my dihcti. But there's a positive woman it says in, in Mishlei, call um, vuxil yifros yifrosi velat. Okay, I'm just going to read the translation here. It says, "Everything In everything a prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool unfolds his folly. What does that mean? Call uh, arum The prudent man acts bidat. Now, again, the word arum, I think what which also means naked, I think it's used here like... Oh. Like, and it's coming, like like the, like the snake. Very good. right? The snake is it's coming. So that's what it means here. I think it's that type of thing. Prudent, but right? you have like a plan. So you do a bidat. What does it, so it mean? Zed David. This refers to David Hamelach. it says in avadav adoni naarab that they should ask for the master, for the king, uh, a uh, an un, a virgin woman, a young woman. Meaning, you're asking, looking for one. They needed a woman to, like, you know, warm him up. That was the day who was very old. So, Nihale. So, the response was, since they're looking for only one, every person who had a daughter brought her to him. Because it would be a great honor for this woman to serve the king. Uchsil ifrosi velet, but the fool unfolds his folly, the king should appoint officers, meaning that you are going to go throughout the whole land and gather all the beautiful women. That was the idea. And therefore, komanda haveli barta So everybody had a daughter, hid her from him. Okay. Because if you're looking for a thousand women, so you don't want your daughter to be one of a thousand women. If you're looking for one woman, then maybe you do want your daughter to be the one. Okay, so that's the idea. That's a foolish uh, advice. Okay, continuing on. Now, the Pasuk says, (laughs) He says, So there's an Ish Yehudi in Shushan. Ish Yimini. He was, uh, right? Uh, right? He says, uh, ben Yair, Ben Shimi, Ben Kish, Ish Yimini. He was from, um, seen from Benyamin. My Ka'amar. Why is it telling us this whole thing? Ben Yair, Ben Shimi, Ben Kish, Ish Yimini. It's an interesting, uh, lineage. If you're trying to give us his lineage, Liachsei, v'azil. Ad Binyamin, give us the Yichus, give us the lineage all the way back until Binyamin. Like, why are you cutting it short? Elamay Hani. so what's so special about these people that are mentioned? So it says, Tana Al Shmo Nikra'u, they were all um, called based on him. Meaning what? Ben Yair, okay, he was the son of Yair. Ben Sheheir Enehem Shah Yisrael to. This is the person who um, enlightened the eyes of the Yisrael with his tefillah. Okay, with his tefillah. Ben Shimi, it's Ben Sheshama El Tefillato, it's the son who Hashem listened to his tefillot. Ben Kish, Shehikish Al al sharei Rachamim, that he banged on the gates of mercy. Ben Niftuchulo, and they were opened... But, so that's a reference to so, so, so the praises of Mordechai. It's not just his lineage. It's also hinting at sort of the type of person he was. Le Yehudi, the puzzle calls him a Yehudi. Alma Yehuda ka'ati. Yehudi means, as inferred from here, that he comes from Yehuda. Right? That's what Yehudi means, from Judea. But le also calls him a Yemini. Alma which means he comes from Bin Yamin. So that seems to be contradictory. He can't be both from Yehuda and Bin Yamin. So Ammar Nachman Mordechai Muhtar B'nimuso Hava Haya ah, yeah. Mordechai was crowned with I guess like honor like honorary names Rashi says Nain like these nice names okay Um Raba Barachana Yeshua Ben Levi Aviv Ben Yamin so he explains that no he was called uh, Yehudah Yehudi and Ben uh, and Ben uh, and because his father was from Binyamin, his his mother was from Yehuda. Okay, so that was our opinion. And the say, Mishpachot mitgarot zo bozo. say that, no, that it wasn't that he had a double lineage, it's that the different families were kind of arguing with each other. Mishpachot Yehudah omeret ama garim. The, the family of Yehuda said, we caused him, like we brought him to be. Why? To mityalid Mordechai. To, um, we, I mean, we caused that Yehuda to be born. To lo katle David l'shimi ben geira. Because David Hamelech, right, who is from Yehuda didn't kill Shimi ben right? Shimi David, David had a choice. If he want to, as a person who curses the king, he certainly would be uh, justified in killing Shimi Ben-Gerah. David decides not to do that. And Shimi is the ancestor of, da- of uh, Mordechai. So, so does say, it's because of the David melech that you guys can have this person. So we're responsible for having Mordechai. Um, and Mishpacha Binyamin Amra, and people of Binyamin said, Minai Ka'ati. He comes from us. So we're responsible. So we should get all the credit over what uh, Mordechai did. Anyhow, um... Rabba Amar, Rabba says exactly the opposite Yisrael Amrali The Knesset Yisrael said exactly the opposite way. The rest of the Israel were blaming Yhudan Bin Yamin. Look what this Yehudi and what this Yemeni did to us. Ma'asali Yehudi. Well, top this, what did the Yehudi do to me? David, all the way back, didn't kill Shimi which means that Mordecai was born, and Haman ends up being jealous of Mordecai in the end, and that's what led to all this trouble. So thanks a lot, David. Umashi the yimini, and what did the yemini pay me back? That Shaul, who comes from Binyamin, he didn't kill Agag, the king of Amalek. After who comes, who's the Agagi? Haman, who also caused us all this trouble. So they different perspectives on being from Yudah, Binyamin. Either they're all taking credit for him, or Binyamin Israel, on the flip side, are blaming him for the whole trouble in the first place. We'll stop here.